Happy Friday on the Just Baseball Show. That's Jack McMullen. That's Arm Lane. And I'm Peter Apple. We got the trio here for a casual, a casual Friday. In this episode, we're going to be kind of me. We're doing some bad deals. We're looking at the 2021-2022 free Asian class. We've done the good deals. We've done undervalued teams, undervalued deals. Now it's time to shit on some guys, unfortunately. We do that once a week. Gentlemen, we're also going to be saying one nice thing about all the teams that have been eliminated from playoff contention. Most oh. recently, the Marlins have been eliminated. Arm, how are you? I, I thought they had it. I thought they could turn this thing around still. Um, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm still recovering. But uh, no, I'm excited to say something positive about them. And I will say, like, I do, I do hate being negative on players, but this is one of those perspectives where I don't really feel as bad. I dream of a day where people can tell me that I don't deserve the $78 million I got. That's just fine by me. Correct. Jack, your Chicago White Sox, they're beating the Guardians. Are they going to make it in? Are they? The Guards? The Guardians? Yeah. Yeah. I know Uh, we just talked about it yesterday, but let's just keep rehashing it because the White Sox won't let us forget it. Yeah. Lance Lynn, badass MF. Um, No, the White Sox are four back of Cleveland as it stands right now. If they win, they're three back, and then they go to Detroit this weekend. Like they're dead, then they're alive, then they're dead, then they're alive, then they're dead. They're probably going to be alive at the end of this weekend, and and then they'll be dead again middle of next week. So um, just get ready for the same old song and dance there. Um, yeah, it, it's all going to be fun, man. I, um, you're hearing this on Friday. I want the prospect guys to talk to me a little bit about the 100-mile-an-hour flamethrower. We were talking about it a little bit pre-record. Um, I already forgot his name. Uh, no, <laughs> I didn't. It's Dre Jameson. It's Dre Jameson. Talk to me about the PCL because I know, especially in gambling, a lot of people are going to look at the AAA stats. And I didn't really know a lot about this either. Like, what's the deal when you see a guy having a really tough ERA in the PCL arm? Yeah, I mean, it, it's actually the imagine pitching in half of a league where I would say it's almost course field light for half of the stadiums that you're going to pitch at Uh, the ball flies out of almost all of the parks in the Pacific coast league, like none other, Uh, especially you'll get Albuquerque and some of these other spots. It's just a nightmare to pitch in. And uh, some of these guys, especially the the diamondbacks pitchers that are high spin, high velo fastball guys that like to pitch to fly balls. They're seeing a lot of these fly balls turn into homers. We saw it with Ryan Nelson and then he goes up to the big leagues and looks fantastic in his first outing. I think Dre Jameson's shown some really good things overall, but you'd look at his triple a ERA and almost vomit, but you look at the pitch data and it looks really good. Uh, It's just a really tough environment to pitch. A lot of the stadiums are just band boxes where the ball carries and it's been a it's been a nightmare for for pitchers there for a long time, and you've had to take hitter stats with a grain of salt for a long time as well. Uh, there's been a lot of deception of prospects performing there 
and then falling flat on their face at the big league level, see Isan Diaz. Yes. So, Jack, you're going to find a lot of fake hitters in the PCL. Where can you find the fake pitchers in minor league baseball? Where can I find the fake pitchers in minor league baseball? Yes. I have you know no I mean. idea. I guess no, like no way. You know where it's easy to pitch, I guess, in the minor leagues. Where is it easy to pitch? Like, I don't know. I guess it's like a Florida State ball. League. Florida State League. because Florida. Yeah, I mean, it's just humid as shit in Florida. But uh, one note on the PCL, they've got 10 teams in it. So 20 of the 30 AAA affiliates are in the International League. Other 10 are in the Pacific Coast League. Um, 10 teams, 10 ballparks. I'm going to name the places where you're playing in zero gravity in the PCL. El Paso, zero gravity. Albuquerque, you're playing on the moon. Reno, Vegas, Tacoma, Sacramento. Mm. 60% of the ballparks, you are playing in like thin air. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And it's not really due to the altitude, right? It's just it's, it's like the flat. air. It's hot. So Albuquerque, I think, is some of the places it's a little bit altitude. A lot of the places it's the environment as well, right? In the air. It's uh, the environment. But it's I, low humidity. Yeah. One last thing I want to say on this, because I think this really puts it into perspective. Uh, Stone Garrett's been great at the big league level. And and I, you know, there's a lot of reason to believe that what he was doing in AAA was pretty legit. And I think he looks like a, a potential big league piece for the D-backs, but his slash line of 275, 332, 568, which is a 900 OPS, was good for a 112 WRC plus in the PCL, which we know, you know, weights it against everybody else in that league and it's park adjusted. And yeah, he literally was 12% above average with that phenomenal slash line. It kind of tells you everything you need to know. So there you go. All my not gamblers. Also, we're doing a bunch of stuff football wise on not gambling advice on that podcast. Because I know everyone's asking me about this guy, Dre Jameson, saying, why are you tailing a guy in the minor leagues with a 6.95 ERA? And yes, I'm on Diamondbacks Moneyline. You're going to be hearing this again on Friday. Putters probably win 8-1. to one. Um, <laughs> Let's get into some... Jack? I was going to say, another thing. Uh, you want humid conditions? First Merchants Ballpark in Muncie, Indiana. Dre mm. Jameson, 2019, as a junior in college. 146 punch outs, 32 walks in 91 and two thirds innings as a ball state Cardinal chirp, chirp ball state, getting the bigs ball state to the bigs. How was, uh, how was the football game over the weekend? They lost. Ah, all right. Let's continue. Status quo. Uh, <laughs> all right. Bad contract. So what we're going to do here is we're going to overreact to year one of a lot of a five-year deals. So I'm so sure it's all going to go over well. Because there's no way that none of our opinions, at least at this point, can be wrong over the next five, seven years. And I think a great way to start is with Chris Bryant uh, with the Colorado Rockies. He signed a seven-year, $182 million deal. He's dealt with injuries. I was that guy who said, Chris Bryant in altitude? possible mvp at plus six thousand at the beginning of the year I wrote the article <laughs> i wrote an entire article about it arm you could throw that article straight in the garbage so <laughs> how do you think chris bryant has done in year one with the colorado smarter than you rockies what do you think jack i mean this is your guy yeah um, this is your guy i know this is your guy i <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do you want me to let you lead it off the one thing i will say is that his numbers when he is help when he was healthy this year were pretty solid. Um, numbers were pretty good. Shouldn't they be? Though? Jack, would you would you give him this deal again? Like 
sands this year now. So let's say it's the rest of the way. It would be a six year. I'm not subtracting the millions, but six year rest of the millions contract, 140, 150 million dollars, yeah, 150 something million dollar deal. Would you do that? Yeah. So uh, before I say yes or no, for the sake of the exercise, I I compiled a, a T chart in my brain, and I would like to verbalize that T chart that I just created. Pros and cons. Okay. Con can't stay on the field. Ah, all right. Another con. Uh, sometimes he strikes out way too much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another con. He really hasn't had a great year since 2017. Mm-hmm. Not wrong. Another con. Uh, his wife's name is Jessica Bryant. Super nice. They did some great stuff in the community in Chicago. But the big con is her maiden name was Delp. D-E-L-P. Mm. That's not that good of a last name. Okay. Okay. Now, pro. Okay. Super handsome. Very handsome. Incredibly handsome. Now, another con. He's got like this weird rat tail going on. Yeah. The mohawk rat tail. We couldn't even get consecutive pros. Another pro. He's 6'5". Yep. That's hot. That's a hot weight or a hot height. Um, So so we got got a bunch of cons and two pros based on his looks. uh, Another pro. He's from Las Vegas. That's relatively close to Denver. So hometown discount. Um, I and think, another... don't think there was much of a discount in that deal. I don't know if anybody was willing to match that. I, I, I imagine a team called and said, hey, we're interested in your client, Chris Bryant, uh, to whoever his agent is. And they said, OK, yeah, well, you know, the Rockies just offered uh, 164 or 182. Excuse me. Rockies just it's offered a... 182. OK, Can have a nice rest that? of your morning. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enjoy it. See you later. Um, and final pro. He hit five homers in 42 games so far this year, none of which coming at Coors Field, which means that he is ready to tap into that Coors power in 2023. Um, Overall, this was a fumble, and I would not hand him that contract again, even though I love him near and dear. I would not hand him again either, but to your point, Jack and Arm, when he's played, he has been pretty solid. 124 WRC+. What if I told you that Chris Bryant is hitting 306 this year? But five games, 0.6 war, because reason why some teams like Chris Bryant, he can play everywhere, but he doesn't play everywhere very well. That's kind of the issue here. That the reason he, they, he doesn't stick at third because he's not that good at third, but he's just a very good athlete. So you're like, why not play him in a corner? Like he doesn't play a co- corner outfield all that well. Um, he's not striking out that much. Um, he was good in a very limited sample for the Colorado Rockies. Not a good start to year one on. Yeah, I would say, though, I don't think this one's a disaster. No. Um, I think this one will still be all right. He's going to be a good ball player for them through the duration of the deal, I think. And you're not going to get six, seven war seasons like you, you might be paying close to four. I think you're paying more for four, five, one seasons. I think he can give you that. But I mean, the outfield out there is is very cavernous. And, you know, Chris Bryant moves all right, but he's not the best defender in the world. And I think he's going to grade out as a below average outfield out there. But, you know, Charlie Blackman has, has discussed how course field and the outfield there and the way things work really has a lot of the advanced metrics grading unfairly to them. And I do think that there's some merit to that. So in the war department, he may always be a little bit discounted, but I will say, I mean, the fact that he hit five of his home runs on the road, I still do think he's going to explode out there. And he does just spray the ball gap to gap, and the gaps are so big out there. It's really about health. Foot is concerning. That is a concerning injury. Yes. Uh, but, you know, assume this year's lost. 
go into next season, I, I do think he could have a really nice year and, and, and play out a, a pretty decent amount of this contract and give him good value. Peter, you mentioned the value of one war. Is it $8 million? So he's making 28 or $27 million through his age 36 season. That is less than four war annually. Like I think Chris Bryant's a three and a half, four war guy through his age 36 season. Yeah. So if he stays healthy, I think. If he stays healthy. And that's the big question. That's the big question. Let's move over to a guy who has played 127 games, hasn't really dealt with any health issues, uh, but he's got 1.4 war. um, And that's Javier Baez. Signed a six-year, $140 million contract. Um, he has a negative offensive war this year. He has an 85 WRC+. plus. He's 15% below league average. He had 31 home runs in 2021 between the Cubs and the Mets. This year, he has 13. Stole 18 bags last year. This year, he has eight. Um, when Javier Baez slugs 376. <laughs> uh, Aram, do you think the Javier Baez contract is going well? I think it's a steal. Uh, I I can't believe they got this kind of value out of Javi Baez. No, I this is this is a guy I will happily slander because I, I cannot <laughs> stand watching this dude play baseball. One because of the just style of play is aggravating as hell. It's even more aggravating when you consider how talented he is. Yep. He is such a talented, talented baseball player. Yet he has made zero effort to improve his approach and to really just improve it, the way he actually he approaches every single at bat. He has good bat to ball skills. You look at the contact rates when you know he's going right and they're fine. The problem is he swings at everything. He's a 46% chase rate. He's seeing sliders more than he's seeing fastballs and he's still swinging at them all the time. 72% of sliders that are thrown at him are strikes because either swinging or called strike, most most likely swinging strike. Think about that for a second. 72%, more than two-thirds of the sliders that Javi Baez sees are strikes. Why the fuck would you throw this guy a fastball anywhere near the zone? He is the easiest guy to get out, and he is the, the biggest waste of talent in Major League Baseball, I'll just be honest. Let's pan over to Jack's iPad for a break to watch him this is, I posted this on TikTok, this at bat for all those on YouTube who are now watching this. This is the worst at bat in Major League History. Arm. Go, I don't know if Gomer. you saw this at bat. This is the worst I saw the at bat in Major League History. In the, in, I've never seen worse at bat. Go ahead, Jack. Gomer on Twitter captioned this when I try to play MLB the show drunk. That was his <laughs> caption for this. Uh, am I near the play button? Yeah. Yes. Yep. The play button. This is Christian Javier obliterating him with one, two, Three that was ro- uh, rubbed foul, and then four sliders low and away, dirt scrapers in the left-handed hitter's batter's box, and he put the four shittiest swings I've ever seen on a pitch ever, ever. on this. It's like he I doesn't mean, care. It's it's really like he doesn't care, right? And I'm I telling think- you, dude, Joe Madden used to get pissed with a young Javi Baez because he wouldn't fucking lay off the low and away slider. He's 30 years old. He can't lay off the low and away slider. That is a failure to adjust. That's a failure to reach your potential as a baseball player. I'm with you, Aram. He is the biggest waste of talent in Major League Baseball. It's not close. All he needs to do is not fucking swing. And what does he do? He swings every time. Doesn't care. Every time. I really don't think he cares. And the worst part about all this is that when we posted the TikTok, 
Tigers fans flock to the comments being like, that's a regular at bat. I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, come on. That, I was floored. I mean, I, I obviously haven't watched every inning of Tigers baseball. You know, we're going to say one nice thing about all the teams that are eliminated later in the show and like the Tigers are in there. And like, I haven't been glued to the television when Erod is pitching. But to hear that that was just a regular Tuesday for Javier Baez shocked me because I know it's been bad. But don't tell me that was a regular Tuesday. <laughs> Let's talk about another Detroit Tiger. Eduardo Rodriguez signed a five-year, $77 million deal this offseason. Um, we have a 4-5-0 ERA for Erod. Um, the advanced numbers that were left in Boston have not kicked in yet over in Detroit. Um, no. You go to Fenway and you say the ballpark is is um, is little and the defense is bad. Okay, go to Comerica where it's very easy to pitch. Um, and he decided that part of his season he wasn't going to pitch and he wasn't going to tell anyone where he was at. So that's what the Detroit Tigers got out of their five-year, $77 million man in Eduardo Rodriguez. Jack, I'll talk with you first because you have one of the great quotes in just baseball history when we were talking about his advanced stats, and you said his pitches are just not that good, and I couldn't have worded it better. How are you feeling about Erod this season, Jack? When was the last time he pitched? <laughs> He's been pitching lately, I think. I He's think I saw him. Lately. Yeah. So he was incognito. <laughs> he was MIA, like missing MIA. an action. You don't from, think it's appointment television when you hear Erod's throwing every fifth day? You're not rushing to the TV? I don't. There was another <laughs> E. Rodriguez that was starting games that I was more inclined to watch on the Detroit Tigers. That was Elvin, Elvin Rodriguez. <laughs> Elvin Rodriguez starting for the Toledo Mud Hens this weekend. Um, he was MIA from May 18th through August 21st without an injury issue. I understand that, like, if it was a marital issue, like that really sucks. Hope he got mm -hmm. that sorted out. But like the fact that he didn't tell anybody for a month, dude, you just were handed $77 million this winter. And you're like, yeah, that's chill, but can't, can't talk to you guys right now. Sorry. Yeah. Dude. A lot. It's a weird. lot of Weird. Now and also, but Jack, to your point, remember we were talking about how the regular season is too long. Like what's the point of even playing from May to August? Yeah, I, no, I mean, so he's at 66 innings so far this year. I think that's probably what starting pitchers should be capped at in baseball now. Agreed. Yeah, that's that, that's kind of just where, where the game's headed, right? He's just ahead of the curb here. Uh, his velo is actually down, too, uh, which, you know, that might be because he hasn't been able to consistently pitch. He can't build season, up. had a big yeah. break you know, between, hasn't been able to build up. But, you know, velo being down, it, it's, it's tough and it's frustrating because – Javi Baez, I don't know if any of us were really expecting him to, to flourish in, in this new situation. Eduardo Rodriguez, like we make our jokes about the expected sets and all those things, but I think we all agreed that, okay, you take him from the most hitter-friendly ballpark or one of to one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks, this guy's numbers should naturally get better. We did uh, I still believe that they could get a little bit better next year. Like, I, I don't think that this is going to, I think the Eduardo Rodriguez deal is going to age better than the Javi Baez deal. I don't think that's saying much. I think Erod's going to be a serviceable starter for them. Um, this is not going to be Patrick Corbin, uh, but it, it's still for a team that, you know, just started spending, you know, and, and was trying to look towards being competitive in the next couple of years. Uh, this is not one that's worth, they're not getting banged for their buck here with Eduardo Rodriguez. I can tell you that. 2025 opening day starting rotation for the Detroit Tigers. What does it look like? Manning's going to be in it. Manning looks good. Matt Manning's going to be in it. Casey Mize might be in it. Might. No, I, I think he's going to be in it for sure. 
Um, I think you'll have Jackson Job in there. Ty Madden. Hopefully Ty Madden. In 2020. What year? Wait, we're talking 2024? 2025. Talking about right here. Arm, Arm has the Wi-Fi. Yeah, of... I love Ty Madden. Ty, Ty Madden. Wi-Fi is rough right Horrible now. Wi-Fi. Yeah, horrible. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it, people say that as if it's like something that you can do something about. Of course. Like, you what, 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 figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, more no, money, yeah, you just poor do, person. Yeah, <laughs> like, take it up with Spectrum. Like, I, I don't know what else you want from me. But, uh, yeah, Job will be in there. Ty Madden has been awesome. Don't forget about Wilmer Flores' brother. Yeah, Wilmer, Wilmer Flores. Flores. Yeah, Wilmer Flores has been really good. I think he's he looks like a, a potential starter for them. The Tigers have good pitching prospects, actually. Uh, I think they can piece that together. But isn't that what doesn't we were even just make saying? the rotation? He doesn't even make it. <laughs> he, he might get pushed out. But Wilmer Flores' brother? <laughs> yeah, better. His name is yes. Wilmer Flores. Um, yeah. But that's what we were saying two years ago about Mize Manning Scooble, right? And and oh, here Scooble's we are. going to be in it. Scooble, we yeah. Wait, we we totally forgot about Tarek Scooble. The best pitcher that they have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. So. He's good. All right, let's talk about another left-handed pitcher. Um, you say Kikuchi has been just awful. I mean, at three years, thirty-six million dollars. What else? He's been demoted to the bullpen, and but over the full season, you can't say that you say Kikuchi doesn't have good stuff. You can't say that you say Kikuchi doesn't strike out batters. But it ends there. Five four six ERA, six oh one xERA, five nine one FIP. So the advanced metrics are saying he's even worse than his ERA. Uh, he walks five point four six guys per nine innings. Jack McMullen. Um Yeah, not good, Peter. Hard to find something good about Yusei Kikuchi, the guy who was when he was with the Mariners, wasn't even all that great either. Four four one with the Mariners and the Blue Jays just decided, you know what? You're the four now. Yeah. Why not? Let's yeah. do it. And he is not even in the rotation anymore. Ross Stripling took his job. Yes. Uh, Ross Stripling might actually just be a better pitcher than you say, Kikuchi. Literally Here's the good. thing. When, when you look at free agent deals handed to starting pitchers by the Toronto Blue Jays, they have succeeded once and they've fumbled three or four times in recent years. They succeeded with Kevin Gosman so far. There's a lot of time for that to go south. I don't think it's going to go south. No, he's they been have, great. They have failed with Hyunjin Ryu. Yep. They have failed with Jose Barrios. Yep. They have failed with Yusei Kikuchi. Yep. And we'll see what they want to do this offseason. Like, there's not very many starting pitchers, aside from Ricky Tiedemann, that you can actually count on making the Toronto Blue Jays baseball team at any point. Arum, what happened to Nate Pearson? <laughs> isn't that the million dollar question uh can't stay healthy uh really struggles to stay on the bump and kind of the julian merriweather effect this guy just cannot stay on the mound um i i think you're looking at him at best case scenario as a reliever i think relying on pearson to you know take over their rotation would be ridiculous uh, at this point unfortunately um and like you said dude you say kikuchi getting pushed out of the rotation for them that says a lot because the rotation is already pretty barren. Uh, and Nate Pearson, just every time he seems to start to come back, something else flares up and seems like he's got a little bit of the case of the Sixto Sanchez. But uh, I think it's more out of his control, whereas Sixto Sanchez, you know, he could have probably done some more preventative stuff to avoid injury. Is Sixto up to 75 miles an hour yet or what? No, they shut him back down. Okay. Too All fast. Right, so 
He's probably <laughs> just at like 20 miles an hour now, underhand tosses. He got an injection. He shut back down for a little bit. Injections an injection? A cool injection? What kind of injection? Do we know? Yeah, well, one of those uh what's it called a cortisone shot or whatever cortisone did he get a cortisone shot um mclanahan had a cortisone shot do you hear rizzo had an epidural and he went on the il because he developed a migraine after his epidural Mm. that was why he was on the il which is kind of crazy i didn't know it was because of the epidural wow yeah apparently that's like something that can happen after you get an epidural or like a cortisone shot you can develop a migraine didn't know that let's switch over to a hitter Okay. Uh, Nick Castellanos signed a five-year, $100 million deal. Uh, really good with the Reds in that bandbox of a ballpark. Then he goes to Citizens Bank, which is not even hard to hit in. Um, and he, you know, there hasn't been any major tragic events, really. You know, 2022 has been a good year and he couldn't capitalize. But um, jokes aside, Nick Castellanos has not been worth $20 million. You're hoping that with a guy that he can at least give you some defense if offensively he's not there, but that's not what we signed up for. We signed up for Nick Castellanos' bat. The bat has not arrived. I also, I don't think that we're going to, you know, take a victory lap on this one, but I think we were all down on this deal moving into it. It just didn't seem like the right deal for this guy. Arum shaking his head. Yes, Jack's a little bit in between. Arum, what were your... Why were you afraid at the beginning of the year, as I was? You know, I think it depends on where he was going to go. I thought Philly was a great landing spot, right, because it's still a hitter-friendly ballpark. And I think if anything is we have a large sample size and plenty of, of data to to make us feel pretty confident in the fact that Nick Castellanos is very dependent on his environment when it comes to production. And, you know, specifically in the Marlins case, Case. I know Castellanos wanted to come back home to South Florida. A lot of Marlins fans were clamoring for that. And I was like, I, I wouldn't like this. You know, I really wouldn't like this as an option for them. We know that's a very, you know, pitcher friendly ballpark there. I, I thought Castellanos would be better than this offensively. Uh, I think, you know, it really started to pile up on him in the first half. He's been much better in the second half. And I do think that he's going to be a fine bat for them through this contract. But when you also have Kyle Schwarber, another positionless masher, and you have Somebody like Bryce Harper, who you know I think can play a fine corner, but especially now with his injuries, uh, even without the injuries, is not the best defensive outfielder. We joked about how bad the defense is out there for them as a team, but I, I thought it was even weirder when you already you know figured you're going to get Schwarber, also having Castellanos in there. Uh, I just think it's redundant, and he's not nearly as powerful as Schwarber, and and he's more reliant on the bat to ball, which has just not been there quite as much this year. Try and scrub hindsight. Who would you have paid more in the moment, Castellanos or Schwarber? I would have paid Schwarber more. I think Schwarber's a better hitter than Castellanos was. Yeah. A year younger. Um, Castellanos got five years, 100, age 30 through 34. Schwarber got four years, 79, age 29 mm-hmm. through 32. It's a way better deal. Yeah, like shouldn't those two get identical contracts like Baez and Story? I thought Schwarber and Castellanos were looking at identical deals. Castellanos got a better one from the same team, and it turns out that the bigger deal is blowing up in their face while four years for 79 for a guy that is going to be top five in the National League in home runs for the next four years? That looks awesome for Philly. So they aced it with Kyle Schwarber. They, I don't want to say failed, but like they have a D grade right now on the Castellanos deal. Castellanos is worth negative 0.7 F4 this year. 
one war is worth eight million dollars. So he owes Philly some money. Yeah. He owes Philly about seven million dollars. <laughs> Dombrowski's gonna Venmo request him. Before we get to our five next kind of rougher free agent deals, we're gonna take a break to tell you guys about diet smoke. Get your diet smoke, people. Diet smoke is the solution to avoid those oh shit. I'm way too high moments. Diet Smoke makes Delta 8 THC, Delta 9 THC, and CBD products that are perfectly balanced. Their gummies, drinks, and vapes are not only delicious. I like this mango flavor. They are guaranteed to give you that beautiful buzz you've been looking for without melting you into the couch. They extract their THC and CBD from American-grown hemp, meaning they can ship directly to your door, no prescription, no sketchy weed dealers, and no need to even leave the house. Diet Smoke just released a bunch of new products and flavors, so no matter what, what type of mood you're in, they got you covered. So if you're ready for the perfect high, head over to dietsmoke.com and use code JUSTBASEBALL for 15% off your entire purchase must be 21 and older to order. Remember, head over to dietsmoke.com and use code JUSTBASEBALL for 15% off your entire purchase. I'm a big fan of the watermelon flavor. Mango flavor I'm into. How is that ad read, gentlemen? Pretty good. Like You guys have both done the ad read so far. I just killed it. <laughs> I was being, I was legitimately being silent. Arham, actually, I think is just frozen. Uh, yeah, no, I one. thought you, I thought you nailed it, man. That was good. A minus, some okay. things to work on. Right. I think you could speed up the cadence at points. Yeah, that was, that but was overall, solid, that was like really eight, good. eight point eight. Okay, room for improvement, but already, no, what a I high, did is a high bar. I, I, I actually hit, I hit a little audible. I hit. It. <laughs> Arum's literally at a cardboard okay. box right now. Okay. Arm on yeah. this diet. I switched mode. over to my hotspot on my. <laughs> Should we just leave this in? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Why not? Uh, let's jump to the next one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Without Arm now, we're going to keep this in. This is fun. Um, Jack, Chris Taylor. Yeah. Four years, $60 million. And this one is a tough one, right? Because we would have paid him this in a second. Yes. Like Chris Taylor has earned this type of contract. But what makes Chris Taylor so unique and so valuable to a team? Playing 75 games and left this year, 15 in second, 10 in center, 10 in right, three at third, one at shortstop. Plays all over the diamond, right? But at the end of the day, Chris Taylor has a 35% strikeout rate. He has a 227 batting average and a 97 WRC plus, and he's worth about 1.7 war this year. Welcome, Arm, back to the channel. We decided we're not cutting this at all. We just we're using it. It's Casual Friday. It's Casual Friday. So as I just jump in and out of this episode, we'll just let yeah, it, right? it. That's fine with me, honestly. And we're talking about Chris Taylor right now. Uh, I think Peter hit the nail on the head. We would have given this deal to him in a heartbeat. Four for sixty million. I. Hell, the Marlins wanted to do it if the I, Dodgers I, weren't going to do it. 
I would have done it in five seconds. So if people were saying like, oh, they're being, you know, like hindsight bias with the Cassiano, whatever. No, like I'm telling you right now, I would have given Chris Taylor more. I think I would have given him up to like 70. I, I, I loved him as a fit for Miami. I loved him as a fit for anywhere, right? That's the thing is you figured he can impact the game in so many ways. It's a safe signing, but the problem is there's swing and miss. And as he's slowing down a little bit with the bat speed, the whiff has gone up a ton. The, the speed is not making its way into the game as much. And it's pretty wild. I would not have expected him to hit a wall, <clears throat> excuse me, the way he has. And uh, yeah, now it looks like a, a pretty concerning deal all, all of a sudden. And I mean, if the Dodgers make a bad contract, I think anybody can make a bad contract situation here. And, and that's exactly what we got is a surprising disappointment happens. His only, um, his only all-star season was his lowest career slugging since 2017 in his Dodgers career. It was the lowest at 438. He's slugging 387 right now. He's got a 311 on base. That is far and away the lowest of his Dodger career. Um, he's not getting on base enough. He is not impacting the ball enough. And he's 31 years old. Like that, that defensive versatility, you knew it was going to wane a little bit. I don't think you knew that it was going to wane this much. And here's another thing too, about Chris Taylor, where if we're thinking to ourselves, ah, you know, this is just a down year. Like he's going to be totally fine. There's some factors that you can look at and it's not the end all be all, but it's just, you know, some surface level stuff that you can look at batting average on balls and play, right? BABIP. He's normally around a three. He's a 344 for his career. That's what he's normally been around for the last three, four, five seasons. 346 this year. Okay. What about the ISO? Lowest of his career since 2016, where he he played 36 games. So I'm not even going to count that. Basically, the lowest of his career. Yeah. The Woba versus X Woba. So what's your quality of contact looking like? 306 Woba, 278 X Woba. So by some of those metrics, he's either been not lucky to get where he's at, but he certainly hasn't been unlucky here. So this could be just the beginning of a decline for a guy who relies on athleticism at 32 years old. Like this contract probably will not age very well, but I really want it to. Like this is one of the contracts in this bunch where I'm thinking to myself, damn, we, I mean, we were wrong. A lot of people were wrong. Like Chris Taylor, you would have done this in a second arm. I would too. And, I love this deal. Seconds. The one thing I'll say too that I think is the most concerning is is the whiff rates. You know, just going up. He, he's always been a guy that's going to swing and miss a little bit, but had seemed to mitigate that as he started to be that late bloomer at age twenty six, and just continue to get stronger and stronger. At least in just being a well rounded hitter, as we've seen through the years. But now, just a tick slower, and we're seeing those those in zone whiff rates as high as ever, and we're seeing him just struggle to consistently put the ball in play. Thirty five percent K rate is kind of what you would expect with the whiff rates that we're seeing. He doesn't even chase that much. So it's really just him swinging through and not catching up to a lot of pitches. Yeah, definitely concerned for, for Chris Taylor. But here's the thing. In the postseason, I still trust this guy. Uh, yeah, if he's your nine hitter in the postseason, move all over the diamond. Still has some speed. Uh, you know, it, it's he's far from a disaster, but not what you thought he'd be in the first year of a multi-year deal. Exactly. Let's move over to a guy who doesn't have positional versatility. Jorge Soler uh, a three-year $36 million contract with your Miami Marlins. Um, it's in 207 this year, Arm. 
Jorge Soler, the guy who <laughs> hit 48 home runs in 2019 and 27 last year, has a 400 slugging with a 97 WRC plus, and he got you 13 home runs this year, Arm. Um, if you round up his war, he's at a one war. It's at 0.5, but if you technically oh. round up, he's getting to one. So, if you double it, it's it's at one. I, um, I used round up instead of double, but yeah, these are your words. How do you think Jorge Soler has, has done this year, Arm? He had a really good rehab start in Pensacola. <laughs> he homered twice. That that's was awesome. pretty electric. Yeah, and he uh, awesome. got the guys got the guys out back steakhouse uh, after the game. The blooming um, onion, mate. Yeah, that's probably the best. The the highlight of his season. The the part that pisses me off the most about this. Well, first of all, if one more Marlins fan says, "Oh, you know, how could you see this coming?" Like he was the World Series MVP. The World Series MVP doesn't matter. Stephen Pierce was the World Series MVP. Pablo Sandoval robbed the Red Sox because he was the World Series MVP. Yeah. Like That is a span of five to seven games. I don't care about that. It matters. They also gave him the LeBron deal. Like He, he has a player option next year for $15 million, which he obviously is picking up because if he hits the open market, no one's touching him with a 10-foot pole for $15 million. The thing is, and going into next year, and the one silver lining is he has another player option for $9 million in the third year of the deal. That's which a good deal. There's a lot of incentive for him in year two to get healthy. He's been banged up this year and go off. And you hope, you know, he's capable of it. It's not like he's over the hill. He's 30. Uh, but, you know, it, it, this was just not what the Marlins needed. Of course, they needed offense, but like a center fielder would have been nice. Um, I'm not as depressed about this deal as I am about another guy we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Uh, but it is kind of painful that he can just hold the Marlins hostage and opt in for 15 million, which might as well be 400 million to Bruce Sherman and co. Uh, because I can guarantee they're, they're dreading the, the idea of paying this guy 15 next year. Jack, one really good thing about Jorge Soler points to a lot of positive regression. Um, 305 Woba, 322 X Woba. So, we could see 40 home runs from him next year. You think so? We could see Jorge Soler challenge Robert, Roger Maris and Aaron Judge. <laughs> like Maybe? five war. What else do you want me to say? Well, the Otani judge debate. He has played 14 games at DH, so war's going to ding him. Yeah. So. You know, my big thing, when you when you look in the mirror at the end of your days, you have to judge yourself by a certain barometer. And I've always stood by the fact, if you were to judge yourself by your rehab assignment in double A, how would you feel? And Jorge Soler, I think, will mm-hmm. will go into that, go into that long sleep uh feeling really good about the way his life panned out because of that incredible night in Pensacola that was capped by Outback Steakhouse. Well, to Jorge Soler's credit, what did we talk about at the beginning of this podcast? hard to hit down in Florida in the minor leagues. So he's actually overdoing it yeah, there. You want to talk about overcoming pitcher, adversity? You know? Yeah. Right arm? Like, it's tough to do what he yeah. did in double A. I agree. Right? I, and, and <laughs> I mean, one of them was a broken bat homer. I mean, it's Dude. really impressive stuff. Dude. Did he uh, flex the bicep after? That is, that, is he, that is prime opportunity to flex your bicep. Arm, yeah. you're coming out with the top 100 soon. Do you think he's going to... Yeah, he might crack the list. He might crack the list. Uh, One thing I'll say is you talk about the DH dinging, uh, you know, 
war absolutely but yeah. dh let's just look at offensive statistics okay <laughs> offensively 97 wrc plus the average dh in major league baseball this year 105 so okay. he's eight percent below average and then when he is in the field he's brutal um and he's one of the you know higher paid guys to to just exclusively dh so um yeah not great uh probably not gonna age well he might even opt into that third year if he sucks next year I'll hold you hostage for nine million more in year three, and there you go. Who would you rather have on the Miami Marlins in twenty twenty three, Jorge Soler or Daniel Vogelbach? Daniel Vogelbach, and it's not close. But be careful, (laughs) Marlins will experiment. Be be careful, the Marlins will experiment with him in center if you if you start floating that idea enough. Daniel Vogelbach, the center fielder, I'm in. I couldn't be more in. Let's talk about um, a starting pitcher who this is one that I was one of the the biggest proponents of why the Cardinals do this of all teams. The Steven Matz, four years, $44 million deal. I know it's only $11 million, but you locked into a guy who's never given a fully healthy year, and you said, you know what we're going to do? Four years, forty-four million, and look what he did when he was on the field. He didn't give you great production, but he's been off the field for most of the season. That's what you were gonna get. I don't. I didn't. I never understood it at the beginning. The Cardinals are one of the smartest teams in baseball. I never see them make some of these type of deals. So I didn't understand. I know that they needed starting pitching. I get it. I still am confused why they did it, Arm. I I, I was going to say, who could have seen this injury-laden season happen? I, right. This this was very unlikely. I, I it, it stinks because I think Matt's is you know a very a very talented left-hander. It could be a really solid, you know, consistent starting pitcher if healthy. But obviously, at this point, we've been more than. We've been able to see very clearly that that health is going to be a big issue for Steven Matz throughout the duration of his career. That's not a guy I'm giving a four-year deal to. And I know, like you said, less AAV. But why are we so concerned about Carlos Rodon that we're giving him a two-year deal with protection on the team side for the second year, but then we're comfortable giving Steven Matz four years? Uh, sometimes uh, you know, the selective logic is, is interesting in Major League Baseball. And uh, this one came back to bite the Cardinals, at least this season. Uh, the, the good news is he only needs to be a number five starter for that money to really be worth it uh, through the next three years. But now that they've got Jaymont, now that they've, that they've got other guys in the fold uh, and seem to be piecing together their, their starting rotation, it, it really seems like Matt's is just kind of a, you know, a wild card for them and doesn't really offer that much excitement for them because I think they've found much better options already as he's been gone. Jack, how does 42 innings and you got a 5.70 ERA work for you? Uh, doesn't work well. Now, what I will say is everything they wanted from Steven Matz, they got two of them at the deadline in Quintana and Jamon. So if you could have just waited until the deadline to get a serviceable left-handed starter, why would you do that? Or why wouldn't you do that as opposed to paying a guy $44 million? Again, hindsight is twenty twenty, but this was a weird deal in real time, right? I mean... We had, uh, you know, Katie Wu, friend of the program. She kept on talking about the idea of Chris Bassett in a Cardinals uniform. Like that made sense. A trade made sense because the Cardinals have a good farm. Spend elsewhere. 
I don't really understand why they didn't spend elsewhere and trade for an arm when they realized that they needed one. Although I think they knew that they were a starting pitcher short and they figure might as well spend instead of trade. And Rodon would have made more sense. They went with Mats. They should have gone with Rodon. They could have locked up Rodon long-term after this, but they made the wrong decision. The The Giants paid Rodon the same amount of money for half the, the Cardin- years. The Cardinals paid Mats. Yeah, half the years. Half the years with a vesting option and the option vested. So he's out. Yeah, but I want to simplify it. 40 plus million for both. What are we doing? But it's Cardinals. not that simple. You're better than that. You're better than that. Can we acknowledge that it's not that simple? Yes. No. I don't want Please? to. Please? Fine. I understand it's the same, like, it's the same chunk number, like 44 and 44 are the same amount, but one is over four years, one is over two, and it could turn into one. But it doesn't work for my anger. It doesn't work for yeah. my argument. No, that's fair. I will. You know what? I'm going to pull an arm. I'm going to leave the meeting, and I'll come back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jack, you could actually leave the meeting because I just want to talk to Arm about Avisel Garcia, our last one. Oh. Um, four years, $53 million for Avisel Garcia. Uh, six foot four, 250 pound outfielder for your Miami Marlins, making $13.3 million per year. Um, 82 games in right, 10 at DH, and he's another guy who owes the Marlins some money, negative 0.5 F4. Um, he had 29 home runs in 2021 with the Milwaukee Brewers. He has seven this year. Uh, he is walking at a 3.9% rate. He is striking out the highest of his career at 28%. He has a 66 WRC plus. 66. 34% below league average. He is slugging 316. Your Miami Marlins arm. Do you guys remember how much I hated this deal the day it happened? You hated it. I, we all hated it, but you hated I, it. I was like, this is going to be a disaster. I was livid. This is a hundred times worse than I thought it would be. Like, I hated the deal. And you have to understand, like, I've watched this team for so long, just waiting for them to make one or two, like, half decent free agent signings, spend a little bit of money. So when they do spend, I'm like, please spend in the right spot. And then they spend on him. And I'm like, this is going to be so, so, so bad. He's been worse than could have ever imagined. I mean, talk about the the issues with uh, Javier Baez and not making an adjustment and, and continuing to you know, just make the same bad swing. Avi Garcia does that just as badly. They're honestly pretty similar in that regard where – Garcia was getting started, by the way, swings at the first pitch more than anybody I've ever seen in my life. And maybe besides Javi Baez gets, they would start him off with a breaking ball. Every single at bat, another guy who sees more sliders than fastballs this season and is still swinging at 45% of them outside the zone. He's chasing 45% of sliders. He is swinging at 62% of sliders and 68% of the sliders thrown at him land for a strike. That's a disaster. 55% ground ball rate. This is another guy with no approach, no semblance of adjusting his approach. He's been horrible in the outfield. He's never strung together consecutive good years offensively. Even in his rehab assignments in AAA had a 600 OPS. Like this guy's just not a very good baseball player. And the Marlins bought high 
And I have no idea why. Uh, I know this was a Derek Jeter guy. Jeter very much wanted him. Um, and clearly a very good eye for talent that he has. And uh, this is going to be, this is going to go down as one of the worst contracts in Marlins history right there with Wei and Chen. Jack? Bubbles. <laughs> Bubble time. Look Baseball at the sprint speed. Look at the sprint speed. Look at that max Dude. exit velo. Look at the max Again. exit velo. Again, it's 98th, good when he does that once a month. Yes, 98th percentile in max exit velocity. He's hit a ball about 117 miles an hour, but 42nd percentile in average exit velocity. And again, Aram knows it well. That tells you that he can be really good, but he opts not to too often. Yes. I swear to God, I'd rather watch Jorge Alfaro in, in the outfield every well, single day. Hey, He's literally better. French time legend Jorge Alfaro. Jack, would you rather have Avisel Garcia or Lurie Garcia? <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. Uh, Avi's not a switch hitter, right? Avi's just a full-blown right-handed bat. No, he hits, I, I think he, he might be a, middle. He just. <laughs> I think Avi Garcia might be a switch hitter, and he just hasn't tried lefty yet. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Sad. I think I'm going to go with Leori Garcia because he is a little bit like shorter and more compact, so you can put him in like a whole bunch of different situations. Like Avi is Avi's a bad outfielder and he can't be anywhere else. Leury Garcia is bad everywhere, but you can put him at second base if you want. Technically. What about Freddie Garcia? Freddie Garcia was my king. I would absolutely take a probably 45, maybe 50-year-old Freddie Garcia as it stands right now. Short story about Freddie Garcia before we continue on Avisel Garcia first big leaguer to ever throw me a ball in the stadium. Freddie Garcia oh, tosses cool. me a baseball and goes like this. Will always be a legend in my mind. Shout Lyle Overbay. Always a legend in my mind. Lyle Overbay was the first guy to toss me a ball. Nick Swisher, another legend. How about another one? Curtis Granerson. All these guys, I will remember you forever. Love you. Hanley Ramirez was the first. Uh, That's a sick one. Professional. No, Major League Baseball player to just ignore me. Um, you know, walked, walked right by me. I was standing right at the thing and went early. And I was like eight, just walks right past me. So um, you know who did that to me was Russ Smith. You remember that Louisville point guard? Russ no. Smith in college thought he was. He, Russ Smith was wearing sunglasses in a hotel lobby and walked past like eleven-year-old Jack, like an asshole. Don't blame him. Yeah. I was so totally in dark. I was probably wearing. How would we Nike remember that Louisville point guard, Russ yeah, Smith? I'm, they won a national championship. Really? Yes. I didn't know. Yeah, Russ Smith went nuclear. Sorry. Went nuclear. Yeah, he was obviously riding high. He didn't have time for you. Yeah. Did you have glasses back then? No, I didn't have glasses. Have your glasses back then? No. Okay, here comes so General Arum, Grievous. Yeah, Arm's Ar- <laughs> trying to make fun of me for needing glasses to see. And I'm going to make fun of him for having broke-ass Wi-Fi. Ever since he's moved into this nice New York City apartment, he can't yeah. log on the World Wide Web. Spending money elsewhere. All right, while Aram is um, probably going to be in and out of this podcast, first, let's take a break to tell you about prize picks. Use code JustBaseball. Um, you get a full deposit match if you want to play some of our daily fantasy picks as well as um, you want to parlay them. All that, use code just baseball When you download, you get a full deposit match up to $100. Um, let's say one nice thing to wrap about all of the teams that have been eliminated. 
First, we are going to go to Detroit. The 54 and 89 Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Um, they are 30 and 43 at home this year. Yeah. That's getting close to 500. Yeah. Um, a negative 167 run differential. Yeah. You know, it's not the worst in baseball. They've won three out of their last 10 games. Better than two. Yes. Okay. Um, the bullpen was good this year. At, at one point, yes. Yes. Um, I feel Matt like this Manning is, looks real. Matt Manning looks real. Okay. Um, I feel like this is also kind of where I shine here. Um, yes. I think the dirt pathway for the catcher to walk to the mound for mound visits I is that pretty location. awesome. At Doesn't that like, that's going to hurt somebody. I like it. Looks weird. I think it I looks I don't. Awesome. That's a negative thing to say about them. No, it looks old timey. I kind of dig it. Aram? You're calling in on the original iPhone. Do you have anything to say? Or are you just still frozen? Yeah. Um, I'm buffering here. Uh, I'll <laughs> say Matt Manning is a huge, huge revelation for them. I mean, to, to really improves their, their long-term outlook. Tarek Skubal was a massive positive, uh, just making that big leap this season uh, before going down with the injury. Uh, offensively, you're going to be hard-pressed to find many positives there. Uh, but, I mean, Riley Green starting to – Come around a little bit. I would say that's a, a positive. Um, Jonathan Scope is now a defensive first player at, for, at first, I guess. Um, Tigers might be the biggest challenge to, to be positive about, to be honest. Let me do you one better. The Oakland Athletics. Um, a member of the 500 run scored club this year. That's awesome. One of 29 members in it. The only <laughs> thing that's not a member in it is the Detroit Tigers. Um you don't want to play them on the road. 29 and 43. That's that's something. Um again, a team that's won three out of their last ten. Better than Down. two. Um tough division. Sean Murphy, like on a serious side, Sean Murphy is like that guy now, like fully that guy. Uh they may have benefited from holding on to Sean Murphy, ironically, because still multiple years of, of control. And he's going to finish this year with a near 5F4 season on one of baseball's worst teams. That's a positive. Sean Murphy is really good. Uh, Cole Irvin, you do not want to face him in Oakland. Yeah. Disgusting. Another thing, if you're looking for like a late night, very fun watch, the TV booth in Oakland with Glenn Kuyper and Dallas Braden is awesome borderline like best booth in baseball they are great dallas knows his shit he's also funnier than hell and glenn kuyper uh gives him the floor i think he's phenomenal with it uh and they let the game breathe which is a very big thing like oakland a's baseball you know if it's a five-run game you don't need to be talking all the time and they're not talking all the time it's a very very enjoyable watch a's baseball with that a's broadcast the washington nationals um, they're almost at 50 wins, very close 49 wins, 94 losses. Um, you don't want to face them on the road either 27 and 45. Yeah, a, a, a member of the 550 runs scored this year, Jack Joy Menezes. Uh, that's what I was going to say. So, you 
like it is a massive, massive pro and you can never bank on it when you fall ass backwards into a guy that will be an everyday player for you next year. And that's what they did with Joey Manessis. They were not expecting to find an everyday player in Joey Manessis. They were thinking, we're going to have to outsource. We're going to have to go get Voight. We're going to have to go get CJ Abrams and whoever else we get in the Soto return and the Josh Bell return and whoever else you moved. But falling into Joey Manessis is phenomenal, just like how Cincinnati fell into Brandon Drury this year. So Joey Manessis, far and away, the best thing to happen to Nationals baseball this year. Arm, they're the only team with a minus 200-plus run differential. So there's that, okay? Lane Thomas, when he's hot, is good. When he's not, he's really not. But they have C.J. Abrams now, the next Trey Turner yeah. maybe. I, I'm excited. I'm I, that's been fun. You know, that's made them a lot more entertaining to watch. Uh, you know, being able to have him out there every day, I think is is a positive. Um, also, Patrick Corbin had a positive F4 this year, 0.7, second best on the team behind only Hunter Harvey, who led the Nationals with a 0.8 F4 okay. uh, pitching-wise. That is nice. Um, but yeah, I'd say the biggest positive is CJ Abrams. He's been putting on sh- a show at shortstop with his acrobatic plays. The bat's going to continue to develop and come around. Um, that's, that's the one thing I'm most excited about when every time I see the nationals on TV is you're getting to see CJ Abrams kind of put on a show and show just how he is one of the best athletes in major league baseball. The Pittsburgh pirates have won six out of their last 10 games. Ooh. They're on a heater bringing their win total up to 55 and 88 on the year. You don't want to face Pittsburgh at home. 28 and 43 this year. Um, Damn, they give up a lot of runs. <laughs> uh, Brian Reynolds Keller, took a big step back this yeah, year. Mitch O'Neill Cruz. Uh he was a little disappointing. He's looking, um, he's but looking lately, good lately. as of late. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Brian Hayes didn't have a good year. Okay. Re- you ready? <laughs> okay. Really good. Okay. Yes. This is my wheelhouse here. Okay. Go. Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, my wheelhouse. Literally your wheelhouse. Um, O'Neill, over his last 20 games, has about a 950 OPS. All right. He's arrived. So he is. He's truly not striking out, right? No, he's he's not striking out that much right now, <laughs> which is actually crazy. No, I mean, like his K rate was not as high as you would expect it to be in AAA. It was high at the beginning because he couldn't touch breaking balls. And over his last 20 games, he has started to touch breaking balls. Like, I, I think he's probably hitting about 160 against breaking balls right now. That's up from 090 a couple yeah. weeks ago. It was horrible. So Neil's starting to figure it out. You're getting spurt production from guys like Rodolfo Castro, from guys like Jack Sawinski, from guys like Cal Mitchell. Not much. They got to figure out the catching thing. The best thing to happen came on the farm. Andy yeah. fucking Rodriguez. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. He's up to a 995 OPS right now. I saw after a two for four game on Wednesday night, Andy Rodriguez in 28 games with Altoona hitting 370 with an 1174 OPS. Yep. He's the best hitter in minor league baseball right yep. now. Yep. There are guys that have had maybe better years, but 
I'd be hard pressed to find a better hitter right now than Andy Rodriguez. One of my favorite, like underrated prospects over the last year plus um, someone I've highlighted for a bit enough for our card guys to get invested in him. And and I know they bought up a lot of his rarest cards because they were so cheap. You could get like his Bowman Chrome autos for like $10 uh, before the season started. Now they're going up in value, obviously, but this, this guy was kind of a throw-in in the three-team trade with Joe Musgrove and Lucchese going out, and uh, ultimately the Mets parted with Andy Rodriguez, a switch-hitting catcher who can play all over the diamond. That's definitely been the most pleasant you know, surprise, I think, and I don't know if it's a surprise for them. It's not really a surprise for us, but how good he's been to this level is insane. Uh, all around one of the best seasons in the minor leagues. I think that's a huge positive, uh, and, and you, you got to give him credit for finding Jose Quintana. Um, and I know he's not part of their team now, but that is a huge positive that they were able to take Jose Quintana, uh, have him give them plenty of good innings and then move him and, and get a nice little return. And and how about Vogelbach, too? You go and get yep. a setup guy with control and Colin Holderman, too. So they executed two good value deals that these bottom of the barrel teams should. Um, and they've also had some pop up guys. Another one, Luis Ortiz looked great against Cincinnati, sat 99.5 with his fastball. He looks like a guy that can be in the rotation next year. Really cool what's happened down on the farm for the Pirates. Cincinnati Reds kind of upset one last, that they're wait, – Oh, one no, more okay. thing from our, I got, I got one thing. last we, we crazy – more things about the Pirates. Continue. Yes, sorry. I'm so sorry. One last crazy Andy Rodriguez stat. This is from Josh Norris, Baseball America. One player in the minor leagues with at least 35 doubles, 20 or more home runs, 50 or more walks, and less than 100 strikeouts, Andy Rodriguez. All right, now go to the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah pretty awesome cincinnati yeah. reds didn't seem like they were as bad as they finished for some reason because there's a i do feel like there are some positives here like i've watched way too many reds games this year. there's so many reds games for no good reason because i just keep tuning into nick lodolo like i know that he's had some tough starts here and there but he is so much fun to watch when hunter green is on he looks awesome you know spencer steer since he came over in the Tyler Malley deal has been great for them. Even like TJ Friedel, Nick Senzel has not been that <laughs> great, but Jake Fraley, like Rake Fraley went, went on that crazy stretch for them. Um, You know, Votto was just not there. Jonathan India has looked way better in the second half. There are so many positives to look forward to in Cincinnati. I guess when I look at the final record this year, you think to yourself, well, yeah, they have lost a lot of games. But of these teams, for some reason, it doesn't feel as bad. And maybe no, that's no. because I'm not a Reds fan. Maybe Reds fans will say, oh, yeah, no, no, it's felt this bad. But to me, it hasn't felt as bad as it looks on the surface. Yeah, uh, bounce back from Aristides Aquino is awesome for Reds fans. Why is he such a good defender? Yeah, you yeah, have to acknowledge it like, it couldn't get worse for Aristides Aquino than the first month of the season, and now he's been a little bit better. But I will say the biggest takeaway for the Cincinnati Reds season should be that they aced the trade deadline. A plus. They nailed it. They totally nailed it, and you're seeing immediate return, immediate good shit with Spencer Steer. Steer has been good since coming up. And then you've got guys performing down on the farm as well. I think the Reds have a really bright future, and they solidified setting themselves up for that future by nailing the deadline. On top of that, a lot of momentum, I think, just with this core starting to come together. 
the right you nickel dolo is headlining your rotation next year hunter green like you said has shown flashes that's going to be a big part of what you're doing next year already looks good in his rehab starts and uh between those two guys you've the head of the rotation also they're 22 and 29 in the second half this year which isn't great but we're talking about some of the worst teams in baseball uh and, and they've been far from that down the last you know couple months nick Lodolo also over his last three outings has struck out 31 batters 31 batters in 20 and a thirds innings he has just been spectacular looks like a potential ace things are coming together for the reds and they also like like jack alluded to top five farm system with a lot of guys that are close to making a big league impact your Miami Marlins are yes. eliminated. Um, the Marlins finished with six games above the A's. Six games currently. 58 wins. A's got 52. Uh, what you can say is the Marlins can pitch. Absolutely. Sandy's probably going to win the Cy Young. Um, Trevor Rogers has looked better since he came back up from the minor leagues. Hasn't looked fully like Trevor Rogers, but the stuff is coming back. Pablo Lopez. Not a very good season, but we do expect better from him next year. He is a good pitcher. Um, Jesus Zardo has shown flashes of being excellent when he's on. Um, Edward Cabrera, a, same thing. I could even say almost better than Jesus Zardo in terms of the flashes. Like when he's on, no wonder he's an MLB the show player legend. Yeah. It's just you couldn't get worse on offense this year, Arm. No, and I would say maybe the biggest positive outside of of the pitching side of things, where we that's what we were you know kind of hoping for uh, with the Miami Marlins, was Jazz Chisholm. You know, looked like a a budding star, and and I still think he is, but you know, ends up only playing sixty games this year, and he still to this point I think leads the Marlins in almost every offensive category, playing only a third of the season. Uh, he leads the Marlins position players in F WAR uh, with only John Birdie behind him. Uh, who's only played 84 games, but in 60 games this season, Jazz Chisholm, 14 homers, 12 stolen bases, was well on his way to maybe even a potential 30-30 season, which is insane. Um, you know, the Marlins need him in the worst way. It stinks that he got hurt, uh, but that is a huge, huge development there if he can be that all-star infielder for them. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, there has not been much to, to write home about or to be very excited about, uh, and they're going to have to figure things out on the offensive side of things very soon. We will see what the first offseason without Derek Jeter looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully foolish, it means foolish better baseball. decisions. Foolish Baseball had such a funny tweet. He was like, we as a baseball community collectively imagined Sixto Sanchez. He was never real. I think yeah. that was the tweet. I, was <laughs> I, was, I retweeted funny. that. I don't think I've ever gotten more notifications on a retweet in my life um because i mean yeah he he it seems like we actually dreamt that like that was a fever dream and he was what he was he was 2020 and that was it right yep correct and and disgusting for them in that magical fake playoff season Bro, maybe Um, we all had covid (laughs) maybe we were all seeing things because we all had covid yeah I don't know what it was, but they've got to figure it out. There's so many questions around the Marlins that it's actually insane. I couldn't tell you who's playing more position. I'd have a harder time telling you who's not playing positions and who is like, there's more questions around the diamond than there are answers. And that is the scariest part of this whole thing. Is it Jacob Stallings behind the plate next year? That's one of the, the safer guarantees. And, and I, don't even think that's a guarantee. No idea who's playing third. No idea who's playing short. No idea who's playing center. We haven't known that since the, the first day of the season. Uh, 
both corners, you would presume, I guess, Avi Garcia, but still don't really have an idea of who, who's playing out there. Like, there's more questions than answers around the the diamond. So. Do you think Groshans is the shortstop? No. <laughs> Did I have a well, nice day? No, hold on. Don't want yet. Groshans to be the shortstop. Do you think he will be the shortstop? He can't. He can't defend at the spot. He doesn't hit for power. I think he could be a second baseman uh, if they want to. If they like, Groshans could be part of the future. I think. I think the bat looks pretty decent. Put him at second. Then you got to put Jazz at short, who's already injury prone and now you know has a little bit more liability there. Uh, I think Groshans at shortstop would not be good. He would. He would not be good defensively and does not hit for much power to to justify it. Well, for these teams, only way but up. Only way but up. That'll do it for this episode of the Just Baseball Show. Hopefully, everybody has a good weekend. Aram will be joining me on Not Gambling Advice for our Saturday episode for all of our Sunday picks. My dude went three and freaking O last Sunday. I went four and one. Crabs went two and one. We're rolling on that front. On the prospects front, you heard about Andy Rodriguez about a year ago on the call up. Make sure you go listen to the call-up so you can invest in more baseball cards. That's Jack. That's Aram. Go get yourself some Just Baseball merch. Like, what's stopping you, right? Long sleeves, hats. Link is in our episode description. I mean, why, why not? And if you're watching on YouTube, hit us with a comment. Hit us with a like. Make sure to subscribe. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, hit us with that five-star review. Let us know what you are enjoying about the show so far. We're going to keep you covered for the rest of the MLB season and beyond. And with that... 